This is the More Than Fitness Podcast with Matt McLeod. How have you been, man? I have been good. I have been busy, uh, you know, trying to restructure things into in the business, uh, trying to like make, you know, like make things a little bit more easier and automated in the process. We have some traveling coming up, so we just want to make sure that everything is kind of like, you know, set where it needs to be so I can... I can enjoy and take some time, like at least a week off or something. <laughs> yeah, no, you're 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 always uh, uh, grinding twenty four seven. I always see you putting out a lot of good stuff and um, making making all kinds of moves. I try um, to, man. And you, so you recently, I also saw that you recently had a birthday. So happy belated birthday! Thanks, man. Um, and it. also, you you got a house. Yeah. So well, the house is like we're gonna go into one year now. So. Uh, it's gonna go on November. We're gonna have a year anniversary in our house uh, here in Tampa, which is actually where we live. Um, and uh, but yeah, man. So recent birthday, turned thirty-one, uh, big three-one. So uh, going into the thirties, you know, strong. Uh, but yeah, man, like busy, busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 very exciting. So you're um, you're in Tampa, okay? Yeah. Um, where uh, uh, where did you so for, so first? I want to give a little background. Um, I like to, whenever people come on, the main question I like to ask is, uh, whenever you meet someone at a bar or at a restaurant or for the very first time and they say, Hey, Hey, what do you do? What do you tell them? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Cause one of my best friends that so we make fun of this all the time. Cause it's like, you know, the, the moment that we met, like he literally just came to me and says like, you know, what is your, what's your story? Uh, which I think is like, it's an even better one. So, uh, I am a nutrition wizard. Um, uh, I'm just kidding, but I am a... <laughs> Uh, registered dietitian, full-time nutrition coach, and uh, owner and founder of Viva Nutrition, which is a uh, uh, we're gonna call it like a nutrition coaching platform that um, produces amazing body and, and mind transformations through personalized nutrition coaching um, and uh, lifestyle coaching as well. Um, by obviously through methods of like you know using methods such as flexible nutrition and flexible dieting, um, and really educating people on, on nutrition and trying to on teach them to unlearn the BS and really learn like you know true nutrition concepts and nutrition science to achieve results that, that was great that was that, that was that was good man Thank I, like you. I, was, that. I was practicing my elevator speech <laughs> it's like you've done this before you're you're crushing well, it already. it's funny because i mean because what i'm working with a project manager that's like has gotten me to like literally it's like okay what is like what is like there's like this book i'm reading it's called i don't know if you've ever heard of it it's called clockwork by uh mike make michalowicz i think it's his name uh but it's essentially is like a business book and teaches you how to um, how to determine, you know, how to make make sure like your business runs like clockwork. Uh, so one of them is actually determining what is like your queen bee role, and essentially that it's it's that that part of your integral part of your business that technically like if like that's actually what gets the business going. And for me, is that it's producing body and mind transformations through nutrition, personalized nutrition coaching. So obviously that's kind of like what defines the mission and vision of of even nutrition. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I, I and I love that. I love that a lot. Um, and you like to you do a lot of um, work with like Latinos and things like that. So you're yeah. uh, Hispanic yourself, is that right? I'm Hispanic. So I, I I grew up and I was born and raised in Venezuela. So I I I was born in '88 in Venezuela, in Caracas, Venezuela. So I moved to the U.S. when uh, 2009. Um, so originally in 2006 as an exchange student, so I was an exchange student in the middle of the nowhere and, um, in a little town called Portland, Indiana. Um, so I was there for a year and then I came back to go to college and university of Southern Indiana, which is actually in Evansville, a little bit farther South from what I was living at before. Um, all right. Had, so we're close. We're kind of close actually. Yeah. Cause I know you're, you're in Kentucky, right? Yeah. Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, I think, I believe it's like three hours away. Cause yeah. that's where, I don't know if you know who Austin current is, but that's, yeah. um, that's where he's, I believe he's from as well. So yeah. Really from Evansville? Yeah. Oh, I think he's really from cool. Evansville. Yeah. Yeah. So I, w- I was there for three and a half years going to school for my undergrad and then I moved to Houston. Then I came down to Florida. Um, and I have been in Florida ever since. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, but, I want to, I want to, I want to dive into that a little bit. So you came over here to the U.S. at what age was that? 
I was actually turning 21 three days after, so, um, oh. yeah, so we were celebrating in an Applebee's with, you know, a margarita, because I heard, like, that's, like, my first time here, I was like, oh, I guess, like, 21 is, like, the legal drinking age in here, <laughs> yeah. um, I've been doing this since I was, like, 14 and back home, because, obviously, there's not really a lot of limitations down there. Not, is there so. no, is there no drinking age? Yeah, there is drinking ages, but, you know, nobody really cares. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so a little bit different dynamic. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And so you... You moved here, and so you were around. You were around twenty-one, and then that's whenever you decided. Um, well, wait. When did you? So then, is that whenever you decided you wanted to go to college? No, I actually. So I started school, um, and um, kind of like it's cool back in Caracas. So it's like a big, big like think think you know the size of like a I don't know like a University of Alabama, but it's a like a, a public school back in, in in Caracas in Venezuela. And I started. I wanted to go to med school. Um, and I was set on to being going, becoming a doctor ever since I was a kid. Like I was wearing stethoscopes and like, you know, fake like lab coats and stuff like that for, since I was like a baby. So I always was set on that. And then, uh, dreams come, came crashing down whenever I didn't get into med school. And that's when I decided, you know what, I'm going to go into, like, going to go to the U S do an exchange student, like a, you know, foreign exchange student year, learn English and stuff like that. Came back, still trying to get into med school, didn't get in. But they had this like nutrition school um, and they had it um, as a part of like in, in Venezuela, like the, the nutrition school is kind of part of like the same school of medicine. So it's like they're kind of separate branches. So they said, you know what, if you if you turn if you go into like either nursing school, nutrition school or physical therapy school, you can jump right into med school. It's kind of like a stepping stone. It's a lot easier from the inside. So I was like, OK, let me pick one of the three that sounds like the coolest. So I said, Let's do nutrition. But I was never intended for me to become a dietitian. Like that was something that came as a result of that until like one time I went to a psychologist because a therapist, I was just trying to figure out my life at that moment. And she, I remember this clearly when she said, doctors are not the only ones that, la- that, that wear coats and doctors are not the only one that saves lives. So when she said that, I was like, bam. And I realized that nutrition was my calling. And, um, so I came to to United States because like the economical and political situation of Venezuela was pretty getting ton, tense and rough, um, you know, and, and right now it's in the worst state ever possible. So I'm glad that I kind of got out of it when I could. And I transferred over to schools here in, in Indiana um, or in the United States. I actually secretly, I didn't even tell my parents, applied to this like scholarship program. Um, and then essentially I got in. And they offered me like a partial scholarship to go on like an in-state tuition type of waiver. And I went to USI, which is University of Southern Indiana. And um, that's where, you know, like I I was continuing my nutrition education. I already started in Venezuela, so I had not, I already made a decision to to do that by the time that I was here, but I finished everything off in here. Mm, Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. Very cool story, man. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that because there's so much because my my story of that was physical therapy. I wanted to go into physical therapy first. um, And then uh, I took these chemistry classes and things and they were just not I was just doing terribly in them. So my GPA, I would have had to gone back and retaken a bunch of classes um, in order to be competitive to go to physical therapy school. And so I was like, you know what, I'm I I don't want to do this. So then that's whenever like a personal trainer type coach came into into play and I was like you know what I don't want to go like going into school with an exercise science degree and kinesiology degree wasn't like absolutely necessary to do the job like to be a coach to be a personal trainer whatever so I was like and most people I feel like struggle more with the nutrition side of things and it's more um, complex and and I was just more interested in it honestly so I was like I'm gonna go the nutrition route um, become a dietitian and then and kind of use that as leverage as a coach yeah and um, I wanted to I wanted to also work with athletes so I was like I want to be a sports medicine doctor I wanted to be a sports physician and stuff like that so and then I realized that there was a, a sports nutrition career that you can be on but then it wasn't well developed in Venezuela which is another reason why I decided that you know I need if I'm going to pursue my dreams to become a dietitian for pro athletes and and professional sports i'm gonna have to go to somewhere else so that's another big reason why i made that that decision right and okay so i'm wondering why because i did the same because i wanted to whenever i got into nutrition so i was like oh of course i'm gonna like i've been an athlete whatever i was like i'm, I'm gonna do sports nutrition for sure um and i quickly found out that a lot of people want to do sports nutrition as well and then also at these schools if you want to work at a college or something you know they have like one sports dietitian for the entire school um like even at the university in kentucky like a big state school they have one registered dietitian and i'm like okay so that's obviously 
super competitive. You've got to work your way up through the system. They work tons of hours, um, whatever. Very long hours. And I even I even talked to, you know, the uh, the EXO school. Have you ever heard yeah. of EXO? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So I looked into that as well. And I even emailed a few people from there and they were like, well, you've just got to be really passionate about this and, and be willing to put in those long hours and things. And then it kind of made me reconsider. So why <laughs> why did you not end up going the sports dietitian route? I did actually for like I actually that's where it all started. So I did actually go in the, into into sports like dietetics because I went to after I graduated from from college in, in USI in Evansville. They didn't really have a sports like athletics strong athletics program. So uh, when I moved down to uh, to Houston, I was doing the the Houston Dietetic Internship Program, and I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to get into sports very deeply, and one of the rotations was actually at UH, U of H, so University of Houston's like you know athletics department. So I worked under Tara Banning, which at the time was like the the sports dietitian for the program, um, and I was very involved in like the 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 pre camp, like or like the the camp for like football, the football team, and that is like sports dietetics in the trenches. Like that's literally when when people say like you know when when some sports dietitian tells you like you need to be passionate about this, what this means is really you need to be willing to put in like 14 to 16 hour days, like seven, six days a week. And you need to be okay with it and show up with a smile, like, you know, at 7am in the morning at the same time as like nine o'clock or 10 o'clock after training table. So, so I did live that. I did live that for like a month uh, or two months when I was in Houston then I went to work with like you mentioned EXO. So there's an uh, there's a place like you know at the time it was like very competitive. Like they were like actually competitors, uh, which is IMG Academy, which is actually where where I started my nutrition my sports nutrition career, and I was there for almost a couple of years and. Again, working long hours, and that's when I had the opportunity to work with youth, with professional athletes, NFL combine players, and ever since then, it's been sports nutrition. Up until, I mean, I still work with athletes. I just my my most of my uh, like my client network, my clientele right now, they're just more general population. But uh, but up until recently, I was working with major league baseball players, um, MLS, NHL, like NFL. So it was it's been like the the most like amounts of clients I've ever worked with. It's been uh, usually athletes at all some, some some sort of capacity. In fact, I I work I build the program up in like Washington D.C. for a for a very elite high school um, team. So I'm, it's still my passion. I absolutely love work, to work with athletes. They're just obviously a bigger need out and also out there as far as like, you know, for, for nutrition education. So that's why I decided to kind of like expand my horizons a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, why, like, how did you get involved in like the online coaching world? Did you or did you follow some? Because for me, it was like I followed uh, Mike Vacanti and Jordan Syatt and some of those guys. And I realized, OK, these guys are similar to me. And like if they can do it, I know that I can do it, too. So how did you get introduced to like the online coaching world? So not until very recently. So I started just like, you know, dietitians like teach you. Um, like in school for like, you know, and you know this, you know, for school, like in nutrition, like they teach you like the, the typical kind of like, um, like work scope of a dietitian, which is usually if you're going to go into private practice, which I know I wanted to have my own business, you're going to do consultations and people pay you for the hour. And, and then you set up follow up consultations just to make sure that you follow up on, on any monitoring and evaluation type of thing, you know, that ME type of thing. And, and I was, and I started like, when when Instagram when I started opening up my account on Instagram, I I didn't even see it as like an online coaching. Like I didn't really know what that was. I actually thought online coaching was just reserved for for the physique athletes, for like the the athletes that were just trying to like prepare for a bodybuilding competition. I said and I said, you know what, dietitians don't really deal with that. So there was just a lot of like misunderstanding of really what it entailed. And since like we are never taught like the word coaching when we are in school. Then I was called as I was called like my my official title at IMG was sports nutrition coach, but I think it was more of a coach because well there's sports coaches and then there's coaches for soccer and stuff like that. So just for nomenclature purposes for everybody to understood what it was like leadership coach, mental conditioning coach, sports nutrition coach. But I never thought of it as a like coaching like this is exactly what it is. And then um, never 
in a million years, I would have thought that I could have done this stuff online and build a business out of Instagram doing, like I said, online coaching. So for three years, I failed miserably in this whole process of trying to build a business like, you know, like brick and mortar, trying to have like an office and all kinds of stuff like that up until I realized that I ran into um People like Tony Stefan, people like, you know, like all of them that were highly successful dietitians in the space, like, you know, building really successful businesses as well. And I was like, what can, why can I do that? So that's when I, you know, I, I realized that online coaching was not reserved only for people that know fitness. I think there was a big, big part of it that I, I, I needed to be there as a dietitian because at the end of the day, like we had to defend our profession. I don't think, I don't think dietitians are the only people that know all, all the answers. I respect many people that are not dietitians and they're extremely knowledgeable that I highly look up to. I recently interviewed Will Grazion on the podcast and, and the guy is just like a freaking like book and, and he's just, everything is like self-taught. So I respect him incredibly and he's not a dietitian, but I realized that there's a lot of like people that are coaching again and not and not because they don't have the qualifications but they also don't have the knowledge and i'm not doing this the right way so i was like you know what i need to step on this field because i feel like i'm going to create a bigger impact and at least i'm going to to put my my profession to the right use and reach a bigger amount of people yeah yeah that's very cool well it's the same way kind of with us with um, the, the training aspect of things, because I mean, I, I took some, some like strength conditioning classes and, and things like that, but I feel like the majority for me at least, um, cause I don't even have like a personal training certification or anything like that, but I've interned at gyms and, and had some personal experience and, um, but the majority of my training, uh, knowledge has, has been completely self-taught just from reading books and textbooks and, uh, talking to other smart individuals, um, so yeah, I think that that's that's per- perfectly like reasonable to 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 go that route um, and, and to be eager to learn more about other fields and um, things like that. So so yeah, but you, so you decided to um, branch out from this 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 private consultation world, and the, so did you did you fail pretty hard? Did that like real? You did fail pretty hard. So yeah. how did, what was that like? It's, so it's funny because when I was in and getting my master's degree at UCF. Uh, this is back in 2014. Um, I decided I was like, you know what? I I, I was in a very difficult spot, like uh, legally from the perspective of legal work. So because I was an international student, I technically could not have could, could not work at the time. Um, so I was like, you know what? But I can start a business. So and then at the, at the time, my friends in Orlando were starting up a CrossFit gym and they're Venezuelan and they're like, hey, man, we have this opportunity. We're actually going to build an office in there. And guess what? We have 50 members that are already signed up in my mind as a dietitian that I just graduated with all this knowledge, working with pro athletes and stuff like that. I'm thinking all oh, these 50 people are going to be like dropping like they're, they're gonna like you know like lay in front of me and they're gonna be like we need you so because that's like obviously the understanding we think like we're this like the experts in nutrition so people are going to like come and give us their credit cards to work with us and that's where I felt miserably because I I didn't understand the expectations and really like establishing report with people and and building a name and, and all those different things at the time and I that's why what, what that's the part where I kind of got me to a point where I had to get a job because um, I started the business just thinking I'm just going to go all out on this, not knowing how to do it, not knowing how to run a business, not knowing how to sell myself. And then I had to get a job at that time. So that's when, like, you know, for two two years or so, I continued to have a full-time job up until this year. So which I finally, you know, left the, the full-time, you know, uh, work uh, space in corporate America to to work in myself and developing my dreams. So, so, but yeah, it's, it took me, it took me three years since I, since this was started, like, again, it was not like a complete failure, but it wasn't really, you know, supporting me. Well, that's you know, a big, so. that's a big hit. So congratulations first off, cause I think it's, a, that's incredible. Um, 
But that's a big that can be a big hit to someone's ego, like to 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 go out on because I'm sure you're a motivation like uh, you're a motivational like driven person, ambitious uh, from the get, and so you're set out like, oh, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this career for myself, whatever. And for you to have to go back and get a job, um, in 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 my eyes and to your eyes, you may see that whatever as like a, a failure and a hit to the ego. Did you have to kind of overcome that, or was it more like, okay, I've just I have to do this out of necessity no it it dude that was some of the toughest years of my life because because it's, it's obviously like you know first of all i i since i've been in the u.s i probably moved closer to like 17 times like you know different addresses different places and and it was like starting over and over and over but every time i started over it's because well i had school i have an internship to finish i have a job that i had to do i have all these different things and when i moved to orlando i have my master's degree that was only taking up two classes like at night a week and then the rest of it is like this open space but I couldn't technically at that point get a job so I was like okay there's like the business aspect of it and then like getting hit with reality that you just it's not like people are going to like you know clients are not going to rain down on you um, you have to do all these different things and need to take all these steps and sell yourself for what you are um, obviously like you know that stuff just really hit me hard because then you feel like a failure you feel like you know you don't have money you're broke you have to ask for money from like family and stuff like that I had the fortune like, I was fortunate enough to have help um, but I I was struggling you know and, and it's really hard to kind of like come home and doing all these different things and I, I, again like once I get a job I had the financial stability that allowed me to okay breathe and okay be be better but then still frustrated not creating a business that I was kind of proud of and and you know going through times in which like I was like you know what I'm going to change my lifestyle I'm going to create this like crazy amazing morning habits started waking up at four o'clock in the morning um, doing all those different things and still see myself working so hard and putting so many hours a day and not seeing the the you know like not seeing the, the the part of it actually work it wasn't in vain though like it I, of course like it, all this stuff built me into who I am today but it was it was a difficult time for sure. Yeah, and that makes you that makes you grow up really quickly, you know, because you your back's against the wall. You've got to you've got to come up with solutions because I mean your your livelihood basically, um, uh, I mean it it depends on it. So I think yeah, kudos to you for for doing that. So did you you had the full you had the job. And then so you were you were getting in uh, some regular income and things like that. Did you start to is that whenever you're like okay. Um, when did when did the thought in your mind say, okay, I'm going to give this another shot. I'm going to learn about business. Were you learning about business and marketing and all these things that you needed to do and started to take on online clients while you were working the full-time job? Or did you take the leap again? Sort of. like When I was in Orlando, I still... I was working in the gym and then just kind of getting some leads from there. Um, people that would reach out to me through like Health Pros, which is like this like an online directory. I was taking like clients left and right of whoever I could take. And, and you know, there were really good months and then there were like really terrible months. I would have like maybe three to five clients like in the best months ever. Um, and obviously that was like difficult because again, I was not able to sustain myself, but we moved to Tampa. So I got another job at another training facility. So it was again, working as a director, in a director position as a sports dietitian, you know, leading like an NFL combine program and, and building a position from the ground up. And that was really rewarding. And that was great because the people I was working with, that they were like, you know, like amazing entrepreneurs, people that are uh, well-versed into the research area because they came from, from like, you know, like the, the school setting. So academia. So I was like, this is going to be a perfect opportunity. So I did, I did my time there for two years up until I left them um, recently, which I still consult with them. But throughout that time, that's when I started, like the, the, the most important decisions I've ever probably made in my life as far as like in, in business, it's been when I decided to hire a nutrition coach for myself. And that was just last year. Because I said, you know what, I need to figure out what other people are doing. I hire a coach because I, I had my own goals. But at the same time, I was like, I just interested to know, like, what are some you know, methods that people are using. And instead of me asking, I was like, I need to pay somebody to, to, to at least kind of like get, you know, behind their, Dude, that's, you know, the that's brain. That's key though, because I've done the same thing multiple with, with products, with coaches, with business coaches, everything. Like I want to see, I want to go through their, their, and I'm actually about to work with a guy who asked me to, to do this. He wants to work with me a little bit on the business side, but then also he just wants me to be a client to see how I do things. And I was like, yeah, man, let's, let's do it because that's how you learn. That's how you, um, 
you know, you think of new ways to to do things and, and expand your knowledge. And um, yeah, I just think so many people are afraid to make that investment. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. And, and for me, it was. You know, I, I got on the phone. Um, it's actually Tony. So Tony Stefan was my nutrition coach and then becoming my business coach. And, you know, we're sitting down there and, and, and you know, he... And, and my program was like, you know, my, my type of coaching was simple because I was already a dietitian. It was just more like kind of like email type of coaching, just kind of like, you know, macro stuff and stuff like this. And he just kind of sits there and, and, you know, he tells me what the investment is. It's like, holy shit, like $250. I'm like, that is just like ridiculous. Like, and, and I said, you know what? Like, let me talk to my fiance about it. And, and that kind of object, objection that I've always had is like kind of like that scarcity that I was like, I, I, I could, I could spend $250 in a weekend drinking alcohol. But then, like, I was too afraid to spend $250 in somebody that is going to help me be- become better because a lot of times that like, people don't understand the value that, like, a coach or a guide could have and or a mentor could have. Like, they don't really see the tangible aspect. Yeah, of it they don't see it's not the long term. Yeah. yeah, they don't because it's not, it's not something that they can touch. Is not a speaker, is not a drink in their hand, it's not a, you know, like something. I bought yesterday, I bought the Aura Ring and it's $250. And it didn't bat an eye before I bought it because it's like, I wanna have it, I wanna, I really wanna have it, like blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, cool, like I get it. And I'm not here kind of like remorsing myself because I bought it. So it's the same type of like, you know, situation I was. And then after I understood exactly what it was, after I understood exactly the value that was added, then my there's a chip in my mind that they completely flipped and i said you know what i need to make this kind of investment in myself in order for me to put me in a better place so that's why like months on whenever tony started his like mentorship program i said you know what like dude like what's like in fact when i reached out to him originally he he thought i was actually asking about like business mentorship i was like no no i i just i truly need a nutrition coach because i want to i want to reach 30 years old in the best shape of my life and he's like let's do it so, and I did, but then once I, I kind of finished up with my traditional coaching with him, I said, you know what, I, I need now, I need you to mentor me in how to build this. Because at the time he had a bunch of people and stuff, I was like, okay, let's do this. And again, much bigger investment and it was scary shit at first, but then, you know, now I understand that any money that I spend on myself and the growth of me, my family, my business it's worth every single penny when it's done with the right person. Yeah, exactly. It can become a multiplier very, very quickly. Um, and, and I've, and I know people are sitting here, they're probably just thinking like, oh, we're two coaches, like we're trying to pitch coaching. But no, I think it would be, and I've told people this too, it'd be ridiculous if we didn't invest into coaches ourselves because that just means we don't believe in what we do for other people. You know what I'm saying? Like we believe in, in our services and we believe that other people, the right people, um, can can do the same for us in tenfold. Uh, and I thought it was really cool on your Instagram. You talked about how you used to be super cheap and frugal and like very, like you said, the scarcity mindset um, with money. So was this the thing where you were like, okay, you did you see money kind of in a more of like a tool as opposed to something that you need to just like hold on to with, with everything in you? Yeah, because I grew up like that. So I grew up in a place in a family that, and, and I love my family, but the, the the money conversation was always on the table. Like, that's just too expensive. We can't afford that. Or or in some ways, you know, in the same token, my parents always, like, spend the money where, like, we, we could have been super broke, but then they still paid me for, say, still paid and find the money, the, the way to pay for my private schooling, for example, because they understood the value of education. And they wanted me to have the best education in the world. So so they would spend what the money they didn't have on that. So from that perspective, I never saw it, but now I understand it. But from other standpoints, it was more like money's going to go away and you're not going to get it back. And that's I, and, and, and the thing is, like, for people to understand abundance is scarcity, like, you just don't become abundant overnight. Right. Like, I still struggle with scarcity mindset. I lose a client and I freak out. I'm the same way. I'm the exact same way. And and it's and because it's it's like okay, like you lose a client, like first of all, there's like this like all oh, this thought kind of thought process in your head, and you're like, wow, like what did I do wrong? That's obviously at the beginning when you're just kind of starting off. You're like, I'm like fucking up. Like this is ter- terrible. Or 
it's maybe the fact that it's just the way it is. Like it's it's a it's a constant, you know, ebbs and flows, as you know, like as as we call it. So a lot of times it's just understanding that and knowing that, yeah, money goes and then money comes again. Money goes and money comes again. And then a lot of times I self reflect on the times that I've been the most like broke in my life that didn't last forever. You know, I'm here. So again, we don't really tend to see past that. So so I changed from a mindset of like, is this going to bring me like, okay, this costs X amount of money. Is this going to bring me value? Is this going to bring me joy? Is this going to make me happy? And is this something that is going to be worthwhile? Yes, it is. Then spend it. Because I feel like there's a big difference between being abundant and being reckless. And and people need to understand that because you can go and spend like, oh, I'm getting abundant. I'm going to spend like, you know, $1,000 in a new TV, even though I just bought one, you know, six months ago. That's being reckless and, and it's not necessary. But people sometimes see value on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. And and then, yeah, like we said, you are investing in yourselves. And obviously some people, um, just plain and simple, uh, are listening to this and be like, yeah, that's nice, but there's no way I can afford a coach on a monthly basis or what I'm barely sh- struggling to pay my bills or um, uh, whatever. But I think what you said about the alcohol, spending $250 on an alcohol in a weekend or going to a restaurant or like I have buddies who love to golf. And I mean, to golf, it's going to be 30 to 50 bucks around. Um, and so it's just like they do that you say at least at least five times a month for sure. Sometimes even like in two weeks. Um, and they and then but they're hesitant to pay you know two hundred fifty dollars for a coach or or for for something. Um, so I think that did you have to cut back on on certain things uh, to make sure that you weren't bullshit spending on certain things so that you could invest yeah, at least in the beginning. And- yeah, I have. And and in some cases, like when I when I make big investments in like business coaching, I didn't have the money. I, I did not have like actual cash to pay for that. So I had to put stuff on credit cards. Um and, and for me, like it that that was been cause I had been you know, like as a as a reckless young, you know, like just got out of school and like we came to the US and uh like back home, it's not that easy to have a credit card. Like it's so hard. Like it's impossible to have. Like you even have to have like the story of like history of like works like stuff, and and you need to have all this like you know requirements. So so it's nearly impossible. You like you know in Venezuela, like if you don't want to spend something, if you don't have the money, you can't spend money on it. Like you have to ask somebody to like for money for it. It's not like you can just put it on a credit card. It doesn't exist. So when I came here, and when I was getting when I was still undergrad and I was working, and I realized that oh i can i can request a credit card um because they told me i couldn't and and they i, I got approved for it i was like holy crap i have i think the first car- credit card they ever gave me was like a 500 hundred dollar like limit so and you're and like I'm oh like, yeah free what? money basically so <laughs> that's exactly what it said so i was <laughs> yeah. like i spend the thing i was like oh I, I know i had to pay it off so i started paying it off i had no idea what interest were i didn't no idea any of that kind of stuff and you know lo and behold like you know a few couple years later i was racking up five to six to seven thousand dollars in and and credit card debt and because again like i didn't have money for something and okay like i'm going in a really rough patch but i still really want to go out with this girl back like when i was in college so like so i'm gonna put it on a credit card and then that kind of stuff started racking up so now i changed my perspective so like i know that what goes in a credit card it's it's an investment that i'm making on either like a need or uh, or myself and sometimes i don't have the money but i do have to cut back on expenses of course like you know if, if i'm gonna spend 250 dollars a month on a coach or more um, I need to ensure that I am not being reckless in other areas of my life. Um, and maybe I just need to cut back on like before, instead of going out to eat, you know, like three to four times a week, I'm going to go out to eat maybe once a week because that is going to make up for like the, the, the money that I'm spending on an, on a coach, which actually with, when you're working with a nutrition coach, it makes perfect sense because again, you're just being more online with your goals. Right. So, right. 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 It's kind of a win-win situation for sure. Yeah. Um, it, and and the thing with this is like uh, oftentimes in school, unless you are um, whatever, like a business major, accounting major or something like that, you don't get taught about these. Uh, I mean, especially you being Venezuelan, but like the money thing is so like I had to learn most of my money knowledge or whatever through through books and, and, and reading stuff online and think, did you um, did you have a. Um, somebody to help you out with that or did you read books or how did you kind of gain knowledge on that because i feel like people our age um and and like younger they don't know where to turn to learn about money to at least like to a trusted source 
I I think a combination of books. Uh, my mentor, business coach. I feel like you know he also had, was well versed in some of these areas, understanding exactly that. You know, and I'm still learning. I'm, I'm terrible with money still to this day. <laughs> right. um, yeah, like I'm, I'm terrible. But, you know, I'm, I'm getting better at it. You know, I'm, I'm terrible now as a business owner with my taxes and making sure that, you know, they're aligned. So I don't have to like, you know, literally like sell a kidney by the time, <laughs> that, you know, tax time comes. So, but I, I think a combination of like learning through readings, podcasts, books, um and then um like I'll, my mentor honestly like usually somebody that has walked the line has been exactly where i am and and knows and understand exactly what are some of like the bigger limitations that sometimes are established because of that and what can we do to change it yeah 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 that's great that's great i one book have you ever heard of uh ramit seti yeah yeah mm-hmm. i love i love ramit so his book is it's just it's the the one of the worst titles ever, but it, it it's it's worked for him. So it's called "I Will Teach You to Be Rich" um, by Ramit Sethi, and it's it's for anybody out there. Like if you're, and that's one thing. Like books are just so ridiculously like as far as as far as um, uh, a good investment, you can. I mean, a ten to twenty dollar book can change your life. Um, so if you don't have the money right now, then you have to save up to buy a coach or something like that and to invest in yourself. A book can be an amazing starting point, I feel like. Yeah, I do agree with that. But at the same time, I think that sometimes like if you don't execute on book teachings and books sometimes That's are fair. are not are not uh, you get like if you ask me of my mic, I have like a big bookshelf in here. And if you ask me, did you read that book? It's like I read that book. It's like what is like the biggest takeaway? I could not remember shit of it because again, I I did not read it with intention, and I did not apply it. Like you know, like the cause there's like especially books that are about self development. Um, you know, money management. It's a lot of mental masturbation, like loss of times. Yeah, it's you, you, and you just don't. Like if you don't apply it, it like the, the stuff, like for example, this clockwork book that I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading it super slow because there's like exercises that you need to do at the end of each chapter. Like I've read so many books like that where I just run past the exercises. I just want to get through the book. Yeah. Then at the end of the day, like it's just another book in the bookshelf with some things and bits and pieces that I actually remember. This one I'm doing differently because I'm not going to move on to the next chapter until I finish exactly what this chapter actually taught me. So that is apl- uh, that that's application on teachings of a book. Now, there are others that are more like, yeah, you read that, but then you just you need to digest it. I'm, I'm reading currently a book by Matthew Walker, which is called Why We Sleep. Yeah, it's so, great, yeah. So that's a book that it's more science-based. And a lot of the stuff that you learn, it's like, okay, like it's really interesting science, but you're not going to retain, you know, like 70% of like the, the teachings of that book, but you're going to retain the important beats and pieces of it. So I think for people listening in that, you know, it's like, oh, like books, like, you know, and like it, it it's really cool and flattering to have like a, bu- a bunch of books in your bookshelf. But then, and it's really cool also to, 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 to think to yourself, like, hey, I've read like 10 books this year. But if you're not applying or or really reflecting on the stuff that you're reading and applying it to your life and to your lifestyle, then if you have 10, 20 books that you bought and read and you didn't do any of that, I think that's worthless. Yeah, uh, yeah. Completely. Of course. You really do it. Of yeah. course. The one book that you buy and that you apply is better than the 10 books that you buy and read and don't do anything about, you know? And I, I think one of the quotes uh, that, that I heard that really resonated with me, it, it talks about how like... Um, how knowledge is power. And it's like, that's not exactly true. It's knowledge is potential power until you put it to use. Um, and so I think that's a that's a big, big takeaway there. So yeah, this is under the assumption that you actually apply uh, the the readings that you're you're doing. And I think that's what we need to focus on whenever we do read books is we need to have a problem that we think of in our head. And this book is going to solve that problem. And by the time that you finish that book, you need to have some type of solution, uh, an applicable solution to your to your problem and i think too many people are just like oh yeah i've read you know four books already this month it's like okay cool but like what have you done with those four books yep that's exactly right another thing with the uh the money that i i had written down that that i actually do but like that 
that helped me kind of put things into perspective. What I tended to do in the beginning with money was um, if you like don't check your bank account, you don't really think like you you can avoid your problem some. You know what I'm saying? So it's just the same thing with the scale. Some people don't want to, I get it. There's some issues with the scale and things like that, but some people are afraid to step on the scale because they don't want to confront their problems. It doesn't make their problems real if they don't step on the scale. It just like if it doesn't make your problems real, if you don't look at your bank account and look at your spending over the past month. Yeah, you need to create. It's 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 well, it's about creating awareness, like that's that's what it is, and that's another big thing of of. I, I recorded a podcast and I published an episode, um, probably like five six weeks ago, like two months ago, which was like you know three of the most important lessons that completely changed my life in business, and one of them was create awareness around your life, business your nutrition, what I what we teach as, you know, coaches and, on, 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 you know, dietitians to people is create awareness around your nutrition. You know, like a financial manager or a financial advisor is going to create awareness around your finances so that you can do that on your own. You know, like a person that is like a personal trainer is creating awareness around your areas of weakness in the gym and how can you actually work to improve them to achieve your goals. Like life is about... Like life improvement and success is actually about creating awareness around the areas that you're lacking to be able to change them. And and I think that is what a lot of people sometimes fail because it's like you said, they're afraid to confront the problem and they just want to go and straight into the solution, not knowing exactly what their problem specifically is and where it lies on. When when I work with more clients, I tell them like I need to see what your nutrition looks like for like seven days. If I don't, I can give you this that's just jumping straight into the solution. But then if you're not doing this or this or that, like what's the point of me, of me sending you this? Because it obviously goes, it does not align with your goals or it's just obviously too dramatic of a change like for us to make. So that's kind of like a lot of times like creating awareness for me. It's like, it's been like the most important thing that you had to kind of like confront about yourself, even though you don't like, you may, you may not like to see what you find. Right, yeah. And sometimes it takes that that secondary source to point that out to you because sometimes uh, you know, Dunning-Kruger effect or whatever, you don't know what you don't know until you have a coach that, that goes back and, and, and patterns that you've, you've done every day for the past year. And they point that out to you and you're like, oh yeah, I guess I do do that. Right. Or I guess I am spending stupid money there, or I guess I am, um, eating these snacks throughout the day without even realizing it. Um, so I think, yeah, all, all of those are, are huge, um, key points. Um, but yeah, so, I, I, I saw that post on your Instagram and I was like, I know I wanted to talk about money with you because I know you're killing it right now. And you said that you, you used to be cheap and frugal and I haven't really talked about money a lot on this podcast, but I know it can be very taboo and, and people our age um, and things like that, they need some type of uh, um, sometimes awareness and comfort to be like, hey, you're not the only one that is, is trying to figure this stuff out. And me and you both, sometimes people can seem like, oh, they got it all figured out we're still trying to figure it out as well. Yeah. There's a book that I read that really changed, again, back to application, that changed my, my life and the whole uh, concept of money, which was uh, Jen Sincero's um, You're, the, a You're a Badass at Making Money. Okay. Yeah. That she, that, I read the You're a Badass, and that was a good book, but I not nothing really kind of like hit, hit a home run with me as much as the You're a Badass at Making oh, Money. Oh, so she has two. I didn't, or she has multiple yeah, ones. She, she has like a third one that just came out recently, I think. But this one's called You're a Badass at Making Money. Um, and then she goes into abundance and scarcity and like, and she talks about like how money and talking about it of how much you have or how much you don't have is such, again, like you said, the word taboo and like people need to be like the, the biggest takeaway from that is like people need to be fully like, um, like open and comfortable by talking about money as something that they love and then they like they idolize and not necessarily in a bad way like i i love money like i'm not gonna lie like i i, I have my wallet in here like i want to see a bunch of hundred dollar bills on there of course like but not it's not because i love it but I, my business is not built because my love of money but because of the impact that i help create that gives me the 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 financial freedom so i can have actually i can live my, my own dreams so whenever i say and i have in here like one of my my bigger goals and and this is even 
even before I wrote that thing. I wrote this when I was like 23 or 24 years old. And I said, you know, by age 35, I'm going to have, I'm going to be making a million dollars a year. And I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to have a second figure, second figure business. And, and some people, some, somebody asked me the other day, I think part of like the mentorship, like calls that they ask, it's like, well, why do you want to make a hundred, one million dollars a year? So I guess it's just because of the money. And it, it took me into obviously like this deep reflection that it's not, what the million dollars is, but it's what represents to me. And it's what it's going to, like, what it's going to represent for my family, what it's going to represent, because it's not necessarily by just hitting that one milestone. It's just essentially what it would mean for me to be able to create more opportunity for people. Because I know when I have a million dollar business, I know that I'm going to be creating opportunities for a bunch of people. I know that I will be creating impact upon a bunch of other people. But then you know, some people would see it and say, oh, no, this guy is just like, you know, like thirsty for money. No, I'm, 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 yes, I, I would love to, I want to have money. Yes, of course. I want to live comfortably, but it's not because I just want to have it, but because of the impact that I'm going to, to, to create by achieving that goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not, it's not the actual amount of money in your bank account. It's what it represents, um, to, to what you've been able to accomplish, the people you've been able to impact. Um, yeah. And everything. Yeah. And, and, but it, I feel like it starts with, um, it starts with exactly what you're doing. So your, 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 your first goal could be making whatever $50,000 a year, because you have to first get to that $50,000 goal to keep moving up and to keep moving up. So I think, I think a lot of people can get overwhelmed if they say, Oh, I want to make a million dollars. And then they're making whatever $40,000 a year. And they're just like, Oh, that's hopeless. I'll never get there. But if you can stepwise your way up, um, and go from $50,000 to whatever, $80,000. And then, and then as you grow, it's going to become more exponential. It's going to come faster. Typically, um, if you're doing things smarter, more efficient, um, and everything. So I think that that's, um, good for you, man. I think that's, 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 that's awesome. I think you're well, well on your way. And with Tony on your side, I think you guys are going to take over the world because Tony is, he's, he's an absolute killer, man. He's, I, I message him all the time. I said, dude, you're, I don't, I don't honest, to be a hundred percent honest, I don't aspire to do what Tony does, but he inspires me as far as how much he cares about his business and, and the impact that he's making on other people. I was like, dude, good for you. I send a message yeah, all the time. No, the same, the same, the same way, man. And and obviously that's why, and then he always tells me like, you know, this is a, what I've accomplished. I tell you this not to impress you, but to impress upon you. So so you can obviously feel like more in, like, you know, inspired instead of like feeling more like, you know, like you can't accomplish this. Like, because like we all started with different and we all have our, our stories. And and one of his like retreats, actually, he brought in Bedros Koulian, which is another person that talks. He's actually his coach. And he talks a lot about this stuff. And he says, everybody has a superhero story. And everybody, no matter who they who they are, like oh, but I, I grew up in a wealthy family and I have all these different things. Like no, it doesn't matter. There there's a, there's a part of you inside of you that has a story to tell, and it's in that story that is rooted your ability to create impact in others. And and I think that's like I was actually uh, watching a uh, TED talk yesterday with I don't know what his name, but I'm I, I do like journaling on on that like five minute journal by uh, I don't know who wrote that, um, but so but there, there's like a little things is like and one of it says like you know watch his TED talk by whoever and on 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 leadership. And, and the guy, it was like a super simple five minute, like Ted talk on this guy that he came in to talk about the fact that, Hey, like I was actually in college. I was just kind of like, you know, giving out lollipops. And there was this girl that was on the verge of quitting school forever and told her parents, like, I'm going back home. I'm not doing this. And this guy just kind of came like, you know, doing lollipops and everything. And he gave the lollipop to the girl and said, and he looked at the guy behind her and says like, you know, here, give this lollipop to this girl, this beautiful girl that is standing right in front of you uh, because she's going to appreciate it. This guy had no idea what she was going through her head. And years later, like five, to, he totally forgot about this stuff. The, the guy that was doing the speaking engagement in the tech talk. And he's like, years later, this girl came to me and he, she found me. Like we ran into, you know, somewhere. And she's like, I just want to let you know that it's because of you that I changed my entire life. It's because of you that I married the man that actually is the guy that gave the lollipop to her that day. Oh, wow. And it's because of you that I didn't quit school. And it's because of you that I am who I am today. This guy had no clue and I remember anything. And his message was this. You have no idea when you're actually impacting somebody because every single day, every single word that you say is going to have that that massive impact that somebody may change their lives and their course of their lives because of one simple thing that you said. 
but a lot of times we're just not fully aware of, of, of that what we're doing. So that as us as coaches, we have that ability to do that every single day. We currently have even nutrition have closer to like 48 clients. And every single time that I have a conversation with them, sometimes it becomes so overwhelming. But I try to remind myself that even if it's one small thing I told that person, like be more gentle to yourself or do this or do that, that is an ability to create impact. And maybe that stuff is something that they're going to remember like five years now from, you know, from now. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful. And it's, it's, it's absolutely um, true as well. And and I think to even uh, expand on a, a term I use on this podcast a lot uh, is like the ripple effect. And so you, you, like you say one thing to that client um, and then, so that impacts that client. And then that one client um, whatever may say something to somebody else. And then that person may say something to somebody else. So it's like stuff that's good for you. Um, uh, and that's good for that other person can be good for the community as well. Um, so it's just, yeah, it, it, you can't wrap your head around how much potential power that you, you can impact, uh, yeah. on others. So yeah, yeah, man, that's, that's great. Well, I think, I think that that was, that was a great little, little bow right there. I think the next thing, like what, what is next for you exactly? What what do you have in the works? What is, do you see um, your future looking like? Like what what do you, what is getting you excited about the future right now? That's a great question because I've been trying to journal a lot on that. Um, we're at a point right now where we want to expand, we want to grow, but also we want to live um, our fullest. Like you know, we have certain personal goals that we're trying to achieve. We're getting married next year. We want to have kids and stuff like that. So. Of course, I want to make sure that first I set up a business that can run like clockwork. I want to be able to build something that is easier for us to be able to to kind of like take the freedom. Like the reason why we left our jobs because my fiance did the same thing is because we want to have the freedom to do as we please as we're building whatever we're building. So right now we're in the process of um, focusing more, a little bit more on like product launching and product creation. So we're thinking more like my, my fiance is a recipe developer. So we want to come up with a cookbook, um, you know, that we can obviously kind of bring out to our clients and, and to the people that we work with. Um, obviously, we want to come up also with some sort of like, you know, program that people can are not yet uh, ready to to invest in, in, in coaching. They can at least have like a good step by step process on on kind of like the the like like a book to somebody that is not ready to invest in like a mentor. It's it's kind of like the learning part of it and how to kind of like apply into themselves. So we're in the process of doing that. But then View Nutrition is looking to obviously in the few, very soon to obviously expand. So because right now we're capped at fifty clients, so um, we want to make sure that we kind of have enough opportunities for other dietitians to also grow um, as part of the business. So. That's that's the main thing, man. Um, we're we're trying to to build this into like you know a massive um, company that can impact you know hundreds of, of people, particularly Hispanics, and in 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 obviously achieving their best potential and, and the best version of themselves. Um, so so that's what's next, man. Cool, man. That's that's exciting. I'm very excited for you. I'm here for it. I'm I'm ready to uh, help out any way that I can. I have a feeling that. Um, our paths will cross multiple times uh, yeah, in in the, in the future, man. and um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited excited for all that because I know you do great work and it's going to help a lot of people. So, um, good, good. Okay, so where can where can people find you and and more information about what you do? So the best way to reach out to me directly and more um, and more fast way would be definitely through my Instagram. So you can find me at Andres A N D R E S. Um, Ayesta, A-Y-E-S-T-A on Instagram. And then for if you want to find out more about coaching and you want to find out more about my podcast, even Nutrition Radio, you can go into my website where everything is laid out in there, which is www.vive-nutrition.com. Um, and that's where you're going to find, you know, direct links to my, my podcast. Again, as I mentioned, Viva Nutrition Radio. Um, I also have, uh, I'm a big, uh, not pusher, but I'm a supporter or I do a lot of research into fasting methods and intermittent fasting programs for specific kind of uh, situations, depending on the person. So I teach a lot of the science behind that. And I created a four-part uh, video course that is actually free still to people that want to download it. And you can also find it on the website. And, and that's also something that you can actually find out a little bit more about the, my teaching way and how I actually um, kind of educate a lot of like, you know, big 
you know, audiences and stuff like that on specific methods such as intermittent fasting and nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And I'll, I'll make sure that I link all of that in the show notes of this. Um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. This was an incredible talk. I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of value out of it. Um, and yeah, Andres, thank you so much for, for joining me on the podcast. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me.